0: Jenny Dutson, a neurodiverse 30-something who is obsessed with organizational psychology and welcome to Lightbulb Moments, the podcast about all things psychology. Hi guys, welcome back. Today we are going to have a chat with Nahid all about EDI. Um, I'm just going to give you a forewarning. That I massively fangirl over Nahid. Um, so everything she says is
1: just amazing. So I hope you enjoy our chat. Nahid, introduce yourself. So, hi, my name is Nahid Nazir. I'm currently the Director of Equality, Diversity, Inclusion at Manchester Metropolitan University mother of four girls four daughters yes four princesses i have in my life um and yeah that's me coming up rather than being a knight in shining armor and coming to save the day um and say well i'm gonna tell you all that a it's about how do you actually be a true ally?
0: Somebody might be trying to break in because they think there's actual money here. So uh, <laughs>
1: <laughs> just to note, there is no money, we are safe. You know me, I'm, I'm a rebel. So if somebody tells me, tells me to change the way I dress, um, I'll go the totally the other way. So I then started wearing um, the Abaya to work. So
0: welcome to Lightbulb Moments. How are you feeling? I'm okay.
1: A bit anxious. What are you going to throw at me?
0: <laughs> 30 minutes of torture with Jenny Dootson. Exactly.
1: In the hot seat.
0: <laughs> I do think these, so we're sat in the Virgin Money Lounge in Manchester and I do think it is slightly hot seat with the lighting above us. Yeah. I feel like you're a mastermind?
1: Yeah. Okay.
0: What is your chosen subject, Naheed? What are we talking about today? EDI. EDI um for people that are not us that don't live
1: eat breathe this space what is EDI EDI is equality diversity and inclusion
0: mm, okay and so today we're going to focus on just two different side mm-hmm. different aspects aren't we we're going to talk about justice and equity or equality and let's talk about at some point let's touch on equity or equality as well um, with all my guests I always like to start with our origin story so you know when you have like superheroes and they go back and they explain like how they became superheroes <laughs> so I always like to start with our origin story as a guest so um, I'd love to hear from you what you think our origin story is about how we got to know each other. And then I will fill in any gaps uh, that I think might be pertinent.
1: Wow. Okay. So our origin story started back in the NHS. Um, I can still remember that first day um, it was your interview and um, I was on the stakeholder panel um, for that interview. And the way you entered the room and you came with such confidence um I was like, oh, this is different to some of the other candidates that have actually come in. Um, But yeah, it's from that first moment. It was like, well, okay, she's different. I like what she's saying. I like what she's bringing to this. And I think it just then bloomed from there, didn't it? Um, In terms of having conversations around topics around inclusion, but also around engagement um, in particular and how we engage with different people. And I think it actually grew from there. Um, we, we made a connection um, you know quite, quite clearly. Um, yeah, some challenging um, you know, um, thoughts that used to come from from your from your side as well which again it was based on you wanting to learn more and you know you're very inquisitive about that and you say but why this and and how and and stuff so that was it was really really good and it was just like um it it was just really good to hear that somebody else was like they were on a journey and they want to learn so much more and I was in a privileged position to be able to help you along that journey and and take you on that journey as well so I felt quite um honoured and quite privileged um, to be able to do that, and then obviously uh, you came on our uh, recap program, so our Race Equality Champions program, and again a whole new kind of worms which opened up um, there. And again, it's through learning, through asking those questions, um, that I think our our relationship actually you know grew more from there as well to, to the point that we are here now um, as well that we lean on each other um we elevate each other. Um and it is about, you know, and I think you've taken that what I always say one step further. Um so I always say in terms of, you know, how do you use your your privileges? How do you use your platform to help to, you know, really raise those with the people of of people from other groups and their voices. How do how do you do that? Um and rather than being you know, a knight in shining armour and coming to save the day um, and say, well, I'm going to tell you all that a, it's about how do you actually be a true ally? And I think that's one of the first questions you asked me as well is, how can I be a true ally? Yeah. And I think I said to you, as is, don't speak for me. Speak with me. Um, and that's been very much true to the word in terms of that, where we, we have supported each other and, um, you know, throughout that journey as well. So, you know, I think that was really, really powerful. And that was almost at like the basis, really, of our relationship, wasn't it? In terms of how do we be allies to each other uh, and in terms of taking that further forward as well. Yeah. i covered everything. Yeah, that's very eloquent.
0: Way more <laughs> eloquent than I would have gone with. So, yeah, no, I, I appreciate it. And I think you've you sprinkled that relationship with lots of the things that we're going to talk about today, right? So we're going to talk about, um, because we are... We're going to do a two-parter with you. So today we're going to talk about justice and equity. And then at a later date, we're going to talk about diversity and inclusion. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that uh, as our relationship started to blossom, I knew I cared, but I didn't know I cared that much. And I think that's what you kind of showed me. You were like, it's okay to have this passion, even though it isn't about you, it's okay to have this passion for other people. And I think that was the thing that I massively... uh, Got. Uh, I was privileged to be able to do again with with recap which was um that race equality change agents program I learned and I I still to this day say that for me that was life-changing mm. because I was allowed to be in a space where it was so safe that I could ask any questions in a and obviously in a respectful way and, and in a, a seeking to understand but it just opened up this world to me that I was like I really care about this yeah. this really matters and like I was saying it's that like you said how can I help yeah like how can I be a, a good ally um so justice and equity tell or equality Let, let's start with justice why does justice sit within the the EDI DEI, whatever you want to call it, space? Because we all have our own acronyms in mm-hmm. in different forms. More recently, I've seen it come out as Jedi, right? <laughs> justice, equity, diversity, yeah. inclusion. Um, tell me what. Wh- how does justice fit into it?
1: So um, obviously, you know, I've been working in in the field of EDI for way too long, um, and, and sometimes it feels not long enough um, as well. It's evolved over time. Um, So where we had equality and and it was just everything was based on equality. It's about providing um, the same service for everyone, no matter who they are. You treated everybody, you know, fair, making sure it's fair and accessible, no matter what you're doing. Then it, it, it started to come about. Well, actually, yeah, we're providing that, but that's like a blanket for everyone. But everybody's not the same. So... You know, in terms I mean, you're looking at justice in terms of what you know, well, where is the justice in that in terms of you're providing it for everybody, but it's still not fair. So how can we make it, you know, fair for everybody? And I think that's where the equity and justice part of it comes into it. Um, I do use an analogy, um, that, you know, many people have probably seen on, you know, the social media and LinkedIn about the shoes, you know, you know, you're being fair and equitable by giving everybody a pair of shoes. Yeah. So yeah, you're doing a good deed. Everybody's got a pair of shoes. But you give people a pair of shoes that fits. Yeah. And that feel comfortable. Yeah. You can give me a pair of heels. I'm not gonna walk in them. <laughs> give me a pair of crocs, I'm not running them. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's it's about making sure that you're actually meeting the needs of people. You know, in in a fair way, in an equal way, in an equitable way that meets their personal needs. So it is about looking and it's about communicating, isn't it? It's about making sure that you're taking that one step further to actually get to know. It's not mechanical. Um, It's about, you know, being organic and making sure that you shape, you know, your surface, whatever you're doing, you know, to fit you know um to meet to meet the needs of whoever's going to be utilizing what you're producing as well so and and again, justice is about <clears throat> removing all barriers, it's about making sure that all barriers are removed, you know you, in terms of making sure it's you know, in terms of equality or even equity, some barriers might still remain, but it's, again, it's about being aware of those visible barriers and those invisible barriers. It's going that step further and there's with justice.
0: The, there's the there's the graphic as well isn't there which again we can we can pop in the comments which is the uh, the fence. Yes. Right. So I think that a lot of people are familiar with that one as well. Um I've heard justice be described as in using that that graphic um as liberation. Yeah. What what are your takes on that?
1: So again I think <clears throat> The go hand I, I think it's the same you know in terms of justice and liberation it is about that removing of the barriers so if you look at that um that illustration that picture that that you're referring to in terms of the fence you have a fence three people different levels you know in terms of that and then you remove you, you give them a box each to stand on to make it fair so everyone can see over the fence but actually the barrier is the fence So why not just get rid of the barrier? So that's, again, in terms of looking at at what are the barriers and and removing those. So that is liberation. So making it fair for absolutely everybody, not just for one person. You're applying that across to everybody in, in, in terms of that. But again, within that picture, I take it one step further. With that picture, you see people from the back. Yeah. How do you know?
0: <laughs> so uh sorry about the, that slight uh brief pause there need um i as i said we're in the virgin money lounge and somebody might be trying to break in because they think there's actual money here so uh <laughs> just to note there is no money we are safe but there is a weird drilling going on around us right now um so who knows we may well have someone come through the wall at some we're wearing, a <laughs> wearing a balaclava <laughs> <laughs> and like a swag bag <laughs> like a real cartoon we
1: are we talking about
0: justice yeah we're sat here talking <laughs> about justice someone plows through the wall with a swag bag um so we will we will
1: truck on and just see how it goes that's fine problem. <laughs> so carry on so i was saying in terms that you know you, you're looking at the barriers so why not just remove the barrier yeah for everybody so by removing the barrier for everybody is providing that liberation for everybody. And again, like i was saying, just take that one step further. So in that picture, you only see the backs of the people. Yep. How do we know if that if any of them have got um, you know um, an eye impairment? So we don't know what were the needs that might be of that individual because all we see is the backs of those people. So that so that's my point about you know going that step further in terms of finding out what that person's needs are. So it's about communication. Yeah. Um, and it's about talking to people. Um, and especially these days, we do less and less of that. Um, everything's done over social media, everything's done through chat rooms and and what have you. And it doesn't take much just to, you know, have that conversation with a person to find out exactly what their needs are so we can better meet them um, in terms of moving forward. There's something when you and you know
0: I'm like yes my first instinct is like yes why does the world not exist like this already but there's also then something that I have like a pit of my stomach sickness because equality sounded hard enough and we know that we haven't reached equality for in lots of different dimensions equity sounds even harder so how do we like how how (laughs) The question is how?
1: Like I said before that, you know, the whole world of EDI has totally evolved and words, language, it plays a, plays a crucial role within that. So it is a change in language in terms of moving f- moving away from equality to more towards equity. So what we're saying now is, is that it won't just be around equality, it's about equity now. And that's the word and that's the language that we're using moving forward. So, And it's funny enough, I've just been presenting a language guide um, this morning um, as well and just talking about this very point, that language changes so quickly, um, especially in, in the day and age that we're in as well. And it's about trying to keep up with that. For decades, we've been using equality. But now, in terms of what research shows us and what evidence that we've got, it's actually we should be looking at equity, not equality. Um, So moving forward, it will be equity and not equality in terms of equity is more all-encompassing. As well. And again, and and that happens with anything that, you know, that that we utilise, we review, we go back and say, actually, is this right? Is this not right? And then we move on in terms of that to meet the needs of the changing society as a whole as well. So it's just evolved. Um, So yeah, we still got a long way to go. Absolutely. But I think it's about that, you know, we're growing as well and people are more interested in learning about it and because they're interested in learning about it there's more research about it and then you can share that wider as well and even equity, another 5-10 years it will have evolved into something else um, you know, belonging is another word um, that, that's up and coming um, community as well so again, it's, it's it's just change of language, the essence of what it is, is still there mm. it's, it's just language
0: do you notice any <clears throat> any generational change uh, differences? And what I mean by that is we uh, so we ran an EDI session recently mm. with a group of people and one of the, the people in the breakout said, I have a really hard time understanding and getting my head around equity because when we were younger we were taught don't look at anyone as different treat everyone the same and they were almost given this message of i don't see color i don't see difference and so that move from equality for a a certain generation to equity which is where what i do see it i have to see it because it's part of your identity so have you seen do you notice a generational is a more resistance from one side or like what does that what does that look like for you
1: Absolutely, you see that absolutely you see that and again, that comes with learning. so obviously, at the time when they were going through their peak of their learning, that was what they were, that that was the thing you know you don't see color, you don't say this, you don't say that and everything's very PC and you you can't say this and you can't say that. then we got moved through an era where it became over PC. You can't even say Baba black sheep." I mean, like, really? You know, th- th- those these are the nursery rhymes that we're growing up with. Yeah, th- had baba sheep sheep," is what it became. Yeah, exactly. So it's it's when you you get to a point where it's taken too far. It's all got to be done within w- within context, all within proportion in terms of. But yeah, there is a generational gap in terms of that. But what I've also seen as well is is that that generation is willing to learn. So they're being quite inquisitive, saying, but why? So they they need to understand the reasoning and the justifications behind that. And as soon as you explain the reasonings behind that, the light bulb moment hits and they get it. And it's like, ah, yeah, now we understand. In terms of generation where we are now, what is it? X, Y, Z, you know, God knows where we're going to end up. In terms of that, they just expect it because that's what they've been brought up with. That's been their learning and their learning has been the evolved learning and, and it will evolve even more in, in terms of that. So, you know, again, like I say, it's, it's all about learning and, you know, you're never too old um, to learn. And I think sometimes it's like, well, when it's been engraved in you, it's about, well, actually, how do we unlearn that then to learn something new moving forward? Um, but a lot of people have been very, very open to it, especially when you go through the justifications as to why.
0: There'll be people listening that want to do more, but are afraid to say the wrong thing. So what would your advice be for for those people?
1: We get this a lot. (coughs) (laughs) What, people
0: saying the wrong thing or asking the question?
1: (laughs) No, people wanting not to say the wrong thing. Right. Um, and people, and you can see, so, you know, a lot of the time when I'm actually talking, you know, in different forums and different meetings and what have you. Um, and I can see, you can just tell by people's body language that they they want to say something, but they're holding back. And it's about creating that safe space. You know, as long as you can create a safe space and bring somebody in. To, to come on you know a professional an expert who's, who's works in this field who can guide that conversation and guide that learning you know create that safe space where you can have those open and honest conversations Um that's one thing I always do is like set that set the scene share my lived experience stories so then you're sharing your vulnerable side to say it's okay to be vulnerable it's okay to be wrong you know that's what we're here we're here to learn from each other and you know I know I'm probably putting myself out there, but come and have a conversation with me. I'm more than happy to have a conversation with people because I'd rather that people get it right than people get it wrong. And I'd rather that people ask the questions, just like you did, and say, why do we do this? And and why do we have to? And how do you do that? I'd rather people ask and get it right than do it totally wrong and offend people and then go into their own little box. Um, And I think that would, I can't even contemplate that, you know, in terms of that. But so I think, yeah, reach out to people. That there's there's loads of you know EDI specialists out there. Um, feel free to ca- call me. <laughs> More than happy to have and a conversation. I do. And you I do. do plenty of time. Like, why did
0: what? Tell me about this. <laughs> um, you talked about lived experience, yeah. and you in, in all the spaces that I've been in, you share some of your lived experiences and for me that it it massively helped because there are things that you talk about that I would never experience um how do you find other people respond to your to your lived
1: experience and the stories that you tell um more or less in the same way um people really really value those lived experiences and again they take so much from there I've had people Um, come up to me afterwards and apologise and to say that they were sorry. And I said, what are you apologising for? What what have you done wrong? But no, I I feel as though I need to say sorry. It it wasn't because of you, you know, in terms that you weren't there, but they feel as though they need to to come up and apologise. And what I, I have had, some people come back to me saying, because of the story that you shared, I've gone back and changed the way really looks at the way how I interact with people um, just in terms of it's very very simple because um, I was talking about um, you know we're coming to work every morning having to be careful about what route I take and just planning that out ahead of myself because of bad experience of going through you know following that particular road or going that particular route so change my route to go a different way so I'm talking about how you have to go through that you've already been through all that before you've actually started working you come to work and then you've got another hat on you put a different mask on and then you're you know hi I'm Nahid I'm here at the office but you don't know the journey that person's made in terms of coming into work And just because of sharing that, and and obviously the details that went with that, she said to me, she goes, I've actually gone back into my office and, and checked in with my team every morning just to make sure, are you okay? And like, yeah, no, but are you really okay? Do you want five minutes just to gather yourself? And then we'll start the meeting and stuff. So again, little changes like that, if they can have an impact on other people... Then, yeah, I'll carry on sharing my stories um to, to, to make to have that impact and and make that difference.
0: you find that there's one that I know the one that has most impact on me um do you find that there's one that has most impact on on people around you? Is there one in particular?
1: um yeah i think I think I think there's there's one or two there's one or two in particular um that really do have um have the impact and when people hear about them in particular they are really shocked um and i think the reason why they're shocked is because it involved wider people from my family um involved my daughters as well um which i think especially when it's when it's children involved it's oh my god that can't be you know it's the impact seems to be greater Um, in terms of that and again I think it was the first time I shared that was was one of one of the sessions that I did with yourself Um, which sometimes you forget you put it to the back and and it's like I said it's um, you develop a skin of a rhino um, and you just keep doing because these things happen on a daily basis and and you just say yeah here we go again and and then somebody said to me said but why you you it, it shouldn't be like that you shouldn't that's not normal so, but that's normal for me. Um, so everyone's normal is different um, and, and stuff. I was very, very anxious about going away recently as well. Um, I thought I was going to get stopped at the airport because I was the only one wearing a headscarf. I thought I was going to get stopped on the other side before going into, you know, the venues that we were going to go into and um, stuff. But I was pleasantly surprised. Um, I wasn't at all. So I was like, Oh, this is good. Um, you know, which made it even more pleasant in, in, in terms of that. But yeah, it it does have impact. Um and I think sometimes you have to share that to to enable the people to really understand where you're coming from, um, as well. Yeah.
0: It sounds like you your normal is this level of hyper vigilance that like I would never experience. Like I would never have, like I, I've, it's, I've never been in that position where I would have to. So I have that level of privilege where if I am going to the airport, I, I would never expect to be pulled out of line. Hmm. Um, Actually, if I am pulled out of line, I'm like, yes, it means I don't have to queue, right? I'm like (laughs) high fiving so I get to to skip the queue. But it sounds like your level of normal, your version of normal looks so different Hmm. to what mine does because there are all these things put in place. And I guess- when you're talking about justice and, and is that, that's what we're talking about, right? Removing yeah. those kinds of things.
1: Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's, it's simple. It's just, you know, it's like I say simple things, little things going to your local supermarket, um, okay. and just picking up your shopping. And, you know, if you I now go to self-serve, it's, it's just oh, so much you. better. It's easier for you. <laughs> it's easier for me uh, in terms of that, you know, to say that, you know, I I like, interaction with people but at supermarkets i just can't deal with it anymore um because as soon as you go to the checkout where the cashier sat there um they automatically assume that you can't speak english this is not a one-time no, only thing, no, is it? no no this is this is daily occurrence so i could go into the supermarket five times in, in one day and it would happen probably wow. three times out of the five many a times they've not even spoken to you, they've not even made eye contact with you um, and they're just waiting for you to hand the money over. Um, many times um, they've like mouthed out the uh, amounts that's on the, uh, on, on lit up on, on the tilt very loudly and very, you know, animated. It's like, I'm not deaf, <laughs> you know. And then I just, you know, turn around and say, sorry, love, how much was that? <laughs> Really uh, in a really broad. In my, in my, my broadest, commonest accent <laughs> that I, you know, Mancunian accent that I've got. Um, I'll just tell and say, sorry, love, how much was that? And then it's just like, oh, and the mouth just drops open. Um, and it's like, you know, don't judge me on my appearance. Um, but again, like I said, that happens on a daily, daily basis. And, you know, so again, the small little microaggressions that, you know, other people pick up as being, you know, microaggressions. And we just say, well, no, that's just normal. Um, that's normal behaviour. Um, when you've had people at work saying to you that you need to change the way you uh, you dress if you want to progress in the organisation, and you know me, I'm I'm a rebel. So if somebody <laughs> tells me tells me to change the way I dress, um, I'll go the totally the other way. So I then started wearing um, the abaya to work. Um, and can you
0: tell our listeners what that is? So uh,
1: the baya is an Islamic um, form of dress uh, for women. So it's just um, a very long dress, you know, really floaty, um, really elegant, actually. Um, I think it's really elegant. So it's just a, a one piece long dress, full sleeves. Um, and usually it's in a colour of black, but they're not. They come in all, all you know shades of colours and, and stuff, really, really nice colours. But I purposefully wore black with a black headscarf, just <laughs> to make that point that, you know, don't tell me how to how to dress when I come to work. Um, and that I did say, surely my work should speak for itself, not how I look visibly to you. These things happen, like, like I say, you know, on a daily basis, in different ways, shapes and form. Um, and it's just how you deal with it as, as an individual in terms of taking that forward. Nobody teaches you how to deal with this. My parents never taught me how to deal with this. Um, I've not taught my daughters how to deal with this. Oh, interesting. Um, it's almost like, it's like a inbuilt thing that, you know, it's like your defence mechanisms and, and different people have different ways of, you know, coping with things. Different people have different me- uh, defence mechanisms. So one, what might work for me, won't work for another person. Um, so again, you know, in terms of that, it's how different people deal with it. I know some people who get very angry about it and will start arguing back and, and stuff and it's like, really, you know, you're feeding into it there, you know, that's what they want you to do. Um, they want that reaction. And then you get other people who just totally be oblivious to it, totally ignore it, which then annoys the other person because they're not getting a reaction out of you. Um, and I like that. <laughs> <laughs> well, you are a bit of a rebel, aren't you? So, are there
0: any things that, because it's such a huge topic and we often lump EDI together and belonging together and justice together and all of these things. From that equity perspective, because it is very, what we're talking about is very cerebral, right? It's very big picture. Is what can, firstly, what can organizations do? Are there three things that as an organization, These are tangible things that you can do to help improve equity within your organisation.
1: I think in terms of that, we are having um, a strategy. An EDI strategy. An EDI strategy. You need an EDI strategy. You need to have that vision, that focus in terms of where you're going and how you're going to get there. So I think that's the underlying, that shows commitment from the organisation that you're willing to do something and go on that journey. I think you need to have you know targets set around in terms of making sure that you're actually measuring what you're doing as well because one of the things um you know one of uh, you know my previous uh, manager said to me if it doesn't get measured it doesn't get done and and that is so true data is very very important and the other one i would say is about making sure that your staff feel supported so making sure that you have safe spaces for your staff so they can go somewhere they, where they can have open and honest conversations, where they can support each other, but where they can learn from each other as well. So employee relation groups, staff networks, I think those those things are really, really valuable as well. So then sharing of learning of knowledge and experiences is really important. So I'd say those three things, really. Super. Um,
0: Nahid, thank you very much uh, for having this conversation with me. But it was it was super insightful. Um, as always, thank you so much for having a chat with me, um, and I look forward to having another chat in the in the near future. Brilliant! Thank you very much for having me. That was such an insightful conversation with him today. Uh, my light bulb moment, my biggest take, probably came really early on, and it was when he said, "Speak with me, don't speak for me." Um, so that's probably the thing that I'm going to take away from today, just making sure that I provide the space and opportunity to, to have people speak with me. Toodles!